You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I am your host, Steph, and today I'm joined by a very, very special guest. Very excited to have him on today, former 49ers safety and current Chicago Bear safety, Adrian Colbert. Adrian, how are you doing today? Did the holidays treat you well this year? Uh, Holidays treated me awesome. Uh, I got to spend it with my son. Uh, It's his first Christmas, and it was it was amazing. It was a surprise. And but first of all, I just want to thank you for having me on your show. Shout out to the faithful always. Got love for y'all. I ain't gonna ever change, no matter what team I'm, what team I'm on, or what jersey on my back. I love that, man. Well, well, let me let me just ask you about that really quickly, because I feel like there's a lot of players who like p- pass through like the 49ers. They have some time with the 49ers and it seems like they just have like a connection with the fandom, the faithful, you know, years later after their time with the 49ers. What do you think that's about? Like, what is it about the faithful that, you know, keeps you coming back? Um, For me personally, like, I mean, obviously, I was when I was on a team, like my first role was a special teams player so like I didn't I wasn't I wasn't like making big plays like noticeable plays that people could get hype about and you know all the excitement around like being like a a high draft pick or I I didn't have a lot of a lot of things backing me like that people could like super be super supportive super supportive of but um the faithful just like they came in full-fledged like Showing love on Instagram, showing love on Twitter, DMs, all that, just showing their support and like throughout my time and my growth as a special teams player and then eventually a starter, like the fans just stay showing love, like they they remain solid. And I still got uh, some faithful that I talk to weekly, and it, it's awesome. crazy. So just like that, just like that family relationship that you, they we kind of uh, they kind of manifested. It just made me love. the the faithful yeah that's awesome well i I think also like a like a part of it you you came in in a very interesting time for you know this team and of course for fans as well um which was the 2017 season you were the final pick of kyle shanahan and john lynch's very first draft for the 49ers so like what was it like at that time knowing that you know, you were entering a team with a complete rebuild, but also knowing that you were probably in good hands because Kyle Shanahan at the time was was seen as, you know, one of the best co- head coaching ca- candidates that offseason. So what was that like for you? Like, it, it was it was incredible, not only just because of, uh, obviously, Kyle and, and John coming in to kind of rebuild the organization. And, I mean, obviously, people know the 49ers is one of the greatest dynasties uh, in the NFL, I mean, uh, along with the Patriots and a couple other teams, but like the 49ers is like, like that's crazy. It's like, oh shit, the 49ers, bro, this is gonna be lit. And I mean, me being drafted in the in anyways was was kind of mind blowing to me because I've only I only had a couple of games under my belt that I actually got to play in, and I didn't really have that much film going into going into the draft. So it was it was a surprise to me, and it was just a super. I don't know. It was, it was a dream come true, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I imagine. I, I can't even imagine what that's like. But um, and and like I kind of think like, you know, the first year of most regimes and like coach GM regimes are, are kind of shaky, I think, for the most part. But 
because you're still trying to figure things out and you know there's some things you're doing for the first time and so was any of that obvious to you guys as players that like okay like this is this is Kyle and John's first rodeo here and you know was it obvious at times or did they just take complete control from day one no I mean with them it was more like the players like let this is going to be like a player's like run team like it was all about the the culture the community and like what we wanted to build how we wanted it to look like as players and they gave us those those type they gave us that type of power within the building and it was it was never like it never felt like work in the building like it was always like we're going we're going there to have fun but we're going to play football and, and try to help build a championship team that's awesome. I mean, I, I love that because, I mean, we see the culture even even still, right, and how that's kind of blossomed into what it is today. Um, you know, in that 2017 season, you guys finished 6-10, uh, and 10, right? So, which is not bad at all, you know, all things considered, I think. <laughs> but what, what really felt like a turning point in that season was when the 49ers traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, right? So what impact did that trade have on you guys in the locker room like what was it about Jimmy that made him so easy to rally behind I mean for me um because when he came in I want to say it was the week before we were playing the Cardinals um and he was he was he was the number two quarterback so he was throwing to the starters like I this is this is like one of my weeks where I was getting like actual first team reps on defense and and I was just watching him throw the ball, and I was just like, "Wow! Like this guy can really throw the ball." Like he had threw. I I still remember we're in cover three, um, and he threw a deep nine ball, literally on the side. I, I can see it today. Like, and I'm and I'm and I was generally well coming out of the post to drop break on nine balls, but he had threw a nine ball on the sideline to uh, Aldrich, and there was no way I was getting to it. Cause it was literally on the edge of the ticks of the sideline and he dropped it right in the bucket. And I was just like, wow, I, t- I walked up to him after the play and I was just like, no, you that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and and like it, it, and then when he started playing, you just kind of see it and you just kind of seen it. It was just like him stepping up and being that QB that, that you wanted in a franchise. And that's where that nickname came from. Right. It's like when you when you have a guy like you just know right away. Right. So it seemed like Jimmy Garoppolo uh, definitely was that kind of guy for for this team. And I mean, even still is like up to the point that he got hurt this season. Right. But like he's he's been with the team since then. And so um, I think that just goes to show uh, how this team feels about him. Obviously, you know, hold him in high regard. Um, but one one player who's who's been around even before the Shanahan Lynch era, uh, you know, Jimmy Ward, he's been a staple for this defense for many years. And, you know, he's had his ups and downs, uh, you know, in his 49er career as well. Uh, but he's really solidified himself as, you know, one of those blue collar vets, a reliable leader that you can really count on. And I don't know if you were aware of this, AC, but this season he switched from starting at safety to starting at nickel corner. Um and switching positions, I think, is is tough for to ask any player to do, and especially a vet who you know has ha- had a lot of success at their position, and you know he's also on the last year of his contract. So as a player, I feel like you got to weigh all those things. But do you have any thoughts on 
that move and just how Jimmy Ward has embraced that new challenge. And he's, he's been playing very well there as of late. So like, what can you tell us about Jimmy Ward and the type of player that he is that would allow him to make that move so seamlessly? I mean, if you, if you follow Jimmy's career, um, played corner, played safety, mm-hmm. from safety, he moved to nickel. Uh, he actually played some nickel the year that I started. Um, and then they moved yeah. in the corner and then he moved back to safety. I mean, so so Jimmy is like the ultimate team player. He's always been very selfless and hardworking, motivating, and just the absolute person to be around. Like, there's not a dull time with Jimmy. And if you're down, he's going to try to lift you up and try to motivate you. And he's just somebody you want on your team. So there's, there's no doubt in my mind that um, the, the Niners are going to give Jimmy every opportunity he can to be a part of that team and and it and it's just not it, it doesn't surprise me that he has made that transition to nickel corner because I mean he's done it he's played everywhere on the defense at this point right. in his career and I think I think he's got a lot of life left in in his career and he's he's a very great player and a great and even better person to be honest yeah I, I think so too like I as a fan like I really hope that you know he retires a niner I, I would just love that just because he he's been through it, man, with this team. All the ups and downs, like since before the rebuild, since before this regime, he's he's seen it all. So I I think he deserves to, you know, finish his career as a Niner, and I would love that for him and us. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so while we're on the topic of defense, though, you know Robert Sala and and also Mike McDaniel, you know they've gone on to greener pastures. Uh, you know they're head coaches now. And it seems that D'Amico Ryan's is next in line for a head coaching opportunity. And he, he's been coaching his butt off this season. And he's he's been part of this regime since the beginning as well. So he, he's worked his way up the ladder. He started as the defensive quality control coach um, in the 2017 season. And then the year later, he became the inside linebackers coach, uh, which he did for a few years before being promoted to defensive coordinator last season. But seeing his coaching approach firsthand, what is it about D'Amico Ryans and or just like him as a person as well that, you know, makes players gravitate to him and want to play hard for him? I mean, if you you, you just got to turn on the tape, if you turn on the tape and watch any D'Amico Ryans film like that, the, the, the tape speaks for itself. Like he, he was a great player and. Like it's easy to motivate players when when you actually stepped on that field and you've been in those trenches and you've been behind those lines and you've made those plays and it, it's easy to listen to that. Like it's easy to gravitate towards it. It's easy to like, all right, I'm gonna listen to this because he's done it. Yeah. And right. it, it, it's it's just so much easier to be coached by somebody that's actually played the game and has actually made the plays and, you know, somebody that studied, somebody that's grinded, like player, QC, assistant, and now now he's that guy. Like, now he's the DC. Like, he he, he earned it. He earned his stripes, and he, he started out earning those stripes before he even got in the coaching business. Right, yeah. 
I know that that's one loss. I think we're really going to be feeling as, as 49er fans and, and maybe even the team, but you know, this, this team is stacked with like coaches. They're like a head coaching factory at this point. So who knows who, who will emerge as the next D'Amico Ryans or the next yeah. Robert Sala for this team. You just never know, but they're so deep with coaches. Um, getting a couple questions here in the comments. Uh, JC here says, how about Gibson play this year? Tashawn Gibson, of course, who's been playing alongside Teleno Hufunga for this team. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch like a lot of 49er games this season, because I know you know you've you've been playing with other teams this this year as well. So, but if you have been able to see some 49er games, what do you think about the safety group right now? I think it's a really great, great sam uh great safety group. I mean, they they complement each other. Hufanga is a baller, like a legitimate baller like obviously he he did his stuff last year and then this year he came on came out hot and and earned his names and and put his put his name on the top of the safeties list and uh and t gip i mean who's been playing the game for a while like he, he's been in the league he's made his plays he's he's been a been complimentary to to huff's game and i think they've been really well back there it's it's, it's hard to it's hard to be a bad secondary when you got the best defensive line in the country. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the defensive line real quick because, yeah, I mean, you said it. It is it is hard. So, like, what is it about this defensive line that makes the job so easy for the secondary? Besides the obvious answer. <laughs> I mean, when the quarterback has two seconds to throw the ball, like, you, you know, you can't – there's not many route concepts you can run. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a that's a testament to, uh, again, D'Amico, John, Kyle, for the people that they brought in the building, like Charles Aminihu, one of the one of the pickups that they had uh, last year, I believe, has been a, has been a good force. And I mean, obviously getting street back and, you know, you got you got Eric and you got <laughs> you got the best defensive player in the league, one arguably one of the best players in the league in Bosa. I mean, it's it's a lot. And then you got the the great Fred and then you got Greenlaw and then you got Aziz. You got a lot of players on that team that are like franchise players, especially on that, on that front seven. So it just makes it a lot easier for those guys on the outside and the guys in the back. And all of those guys are great as well. So, I mean, it's, that team is stacked. I love it. I love it. For, I love it for the franchise. I love it for the faithful. Yeah, absolutely. They've been very entertaining to watch. Um, and Nick Bosa, of course, looks like the defensive player of the year. W would you also agree? Oh, yeah. I I just said he was the MVP. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, let's I, I would, just put I him would, in that conversation, too, right? I would too, put right? him in that conversation, well. honestly. Like, not only defensive player of the year, but MVP as well. Because, I mean, you think about that defense without Bosa, and, I mean, yeah. it. It's hard. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, no, they're, they're solid. And it all, it all kind of starts with him. As we know, it always starts with the trenches yeah. and they have an awesome, you know, defensive line. And you mentioned Fred Warner too, and these linebackers. So like at every single level, like this defense just has dogs and they're, you know, they get after it. So yeah, it, it's been great to see and, you know, hopefully this continues through the playoffs, too. I can't imagine that it doesn't. If someone told you that this was one of the best defenses that the NFL has ever seen, would you agree? 
Like one of them, yeah, absolutely. One of them, like the best. I I don't know if it's the best, but it's one of them. Yeah. It's one of the best. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, I, I'm 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 there too. You know, I, I don't want to like. It's up like there, the but I, I yeah, I, it's up there, but I can't like step on all of it all of the greats that, you know, cause it ain't, it ain't a finished product yet. It's not done until the, until that last game is finished, exactly. that, that championship is raised and those final stats show, but yeah. like they, they are definitely making it, making their case for sure. Yeah. Cause that bears team, they want, they want it all, you know? Yeah. So like, it's hard, it's hard to argue with that. Right. So exactly. I think they got to finish the job at this point um, to be in that conversation, but yeah, they're definitely one of them, but uh, glad you agree at least with that. <laughs> um, look, I got to ask you about Brock Purdy because, you know, being a, a seventh round pick yourself, you know what it means to get that opportunity. Right. And to just want to run with it. And so what have you seen from Brock Purdy and how he's been able to step up for this team? Um, I just see him doing his job. He's not he's not trying to do anything out of the scheme, not trying to do anything out of the norm that Kyle is asking for him and what the team is asking of him. And that's all you need. I mean, like you have a well-rounded team. You have a great special teams. You have a great defense and you have ample uh ample weapons on offense so just get just manage the game get the ball to the, get the ball to your guys and make the right reads and keys yeah i mean it, it it's kind of when you have Kyle Shanahan like you know calling plays for you <laughs> yeah. it's kind of, not to take anything away from Brock Purdy or Jimmy or any of the quarterbacks that have played in the system but it does make the job just a, just a tad easier. A little bit right? easier. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. You, but you, yeah, you got, just, a, you got a wizard. You got a wizard on the other side of that uh that mic. <laughs> right, right. Um, but just the fact that you know he he was the third string quarterback coming into this season, and the 49ers have also just gone from at this point. This is their third quarterback, as I mentioned. Kyle Shanahan. Does he deserve to be in the conversation for coach of the year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that every year, but just because of the type of coach he is, like you, you, you don't know it until you're actually in that locker room and you're actually around that culture and you see the the work that he puts in and you see how he lifts up other guys. Like you don't, you can't just go grab a quarterback. Anybody, any coach just can't go grab a, a quarterback off the street. Well, not even off the street, but just a, a seventh round quarterback and, have him thriving in their system like it's just not like that it takes a really good coach and uh also a really good player too you can't take anything from brock because because he's a seventh round pick i mean i know what that looks like being a seventh round pick not being given a chance and then an opportunity coming and then you stepping up to the occasion and that's what he's doing and it's awesome to see yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the guys have rallied behind him, which is exactly what you want, because when you're going into the playoffs now, guys have to be able to trust their quarterback to be able to get this job done. Right. So I, I think it's it's great to see. And Brock Purdy has really just stepped into that role better than I or I'm sure a lot of people could have even imagined. So we're we're really happy to, to have him uh, leading the team right now. But 
what do you think is clicking for this 49ers team right now? I mean, they've won eight in a row. Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything, That's man. Cool. You got you got pro bowl, you got pro bowlers and all pros on every part of that field, offense, defense, and special teams. And I mean, that's, that's special. Like, I mean, it's hard to beat a team when, when you're rolling like that. Yeah. Is there, is there any team in like the NFC or even, you know, a potential Super Bowl contender that you're like, Ooh, that would, that could be really tough for the 49ers at this Kansas, moment. Kansas city. <laughs> Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I can, I can see, I can see a potential uh, rematch. I could see yeah. a potential rematch, like with the way that Pat's playing and and those guys over there are playing. Like it, that, that's what it's looking like. Yeah, I I agree. And man, McKinnon's looking good for them right now. So I'm like, hey. it, they just unlocked another like uh, key of their offense that they can <laughs> you know look to attack other teams with. And so it's unfair. It's unfair, but yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. I can, I could definitely see another rematch and I think it would be, it'd be a lot closer this time, I think. Um, so, so you think they're, they're poised to make a, a deep playoff run at this point. Oh yeah. All right. Well, okay. JC here has a great question. I was actually about to ask you this too. If you have to point out a weakness for this Niners team, what would it be? I cannot like fully answer that because I haven't like really studied or watched as much no, film to fair. to answer that. That's but I like from from the outside perspective, from how much I've seen, I I I don't see much. Okay. <laughs> I don't see yeah. many. The only only weaknesses that could possibly come, knock on wood, is injuries. that's probably the biggest one for sure and i mean the 49ers have already had their fair share of injuries this season but i think uh yeah we don't even want to think about um you know more of those happening in these next few weeks or just in the playoffs because yeah that that for any team right for any playoff team that Uh has the potential to to derail um you know your super bowl chances but I want to talk to you about really quickly, and this this will be my last question, unless like people in the comments have more questions for you. Um, but on the topic of, you know, player safety, because uh, Tua Tungavaloa, like he's been a huge topic this season, right? Because of the concussions that he suffered, and it, you know he has another concussion, so it's brought the the topic forward once again. I feel like it's a very important discussion to have and you know for players to kind of raise that alarm and and say you know the nfl needs to do a little bit more about this not you know not that i want to get you in trouble or anything (laughs) i don't know what you can exactly say about that but you know um do you have any thoughts on like the the whole like tua situation and just like players because i i know as players like a lot of players just want to play like yeah you at the moment you're a competitive spirit. Like you just you want to go out there no matter what. And so I think that's the tough part. So what do you think about uh, the tool situation? Um, I haven't really been up to date on the current situation, but like in the past, like me personally, cause last year I had two concussions and I had like a little bit of residual like headaches for about six weeks after I'd gotten cleared. And it, it was, it was scary. And like, yeah, you want to play, but 
like at the same time you you have to be honest completely honest with yourself like like excuse my language fuck fuck the football fuck fuck the fans at this point like because at right now like this is your life your life is mm-hmm. your life is on the line you only get one brain like you can't you can't recover your brain like you can recover a hamstring strain or a broken leg or something like that like once your brain is gone it's gone like and people have died from concussions and like returning too fast so i mean like in um like with the stuff that he had suffered earlier like yeah no like that that's scary like i like as a if i was a if i was a close friend or if i was a um whatever coach trainer like i i I wouldn't advise anybody to play like after something like that like at least for the rest of the year like but that's just me like i i can't i can't tell people what to do i can only um give insight on the things that i've experienced and in that space and that's what I experienced. Like I, I set out six weeks, like after I got released by the Jets, because I had headaches. I went on five different visits and I told every team, like, hey, I'm still experiencing headaches throughout the week. Um, until I wasn't. And then that was like the last four weeks of the season when I signed with Cleveland. Um, but like I, I take that very seriously because I mean, we we have one life to live. This is a game. And I, I'd rather not be selfish in the the game that I love over the life that I, I'll still have to live after I'm done playing. Because, I mean, regardless whether you play 10 years, 20 years, you're still 40 or in your 30s when you're done playing. That means you have a lot of life to live. That means you have kids and a family that are going to be there and, um, being around you and having to take care of you if you don't take care of yourself right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that. And thank you so much for, for answering that question, um, from like your perspective. Um, yeah, cause it, it, it is a big topic and, you know, the more we talk about, it, I think, you know, we bring awareness to like fans as well that, you know, this is serious. It, it is scary. And yeah, I'm always for players doing, um, whatever is best for them, you know, because at the end of the day, you love football, but it, it is temporary. Um, but speaking of, of football, you know, and, and it being temporary, you know, do you have any thoughts on, you know, what you might do after the NFL? Have you thought about that at all? <laughs> um, I've been, I've been tapped in. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an investor. I'm part owner of Exet uh, Esports Org. Um, I just created a little golf show. That I'm really about to get serious into shooting content this next uh, year. On the links, tap in if you ain't already tapped in. It's gonna go crazy this year. All your favorite players gonna be on the show, and fans will have an opportunity to join us on the links. That's awesome, man. Yeah, because I, I saw you got the gamer chair going. I was, <laughs> I was like, I know, yeah. <laughs> I know, you'll be gaming on that chair. Uh, you got any favorite games at the moment? Uh, I haven't. I really haven't been playing. I stopped playing when I moved. So I moved from Miami in July. So it's been it's been it's been like six months since I really got actually active and played. Um I really just been focusing on ball and uh just had my son for five months ago. So I mean that's been the main focus is ball and my son. Well my son coming first. 
That's awesome. Well, like, yeah, congrats on on your little man and, and, you know, spending that first Christmas with him. I'm sure that was awesome. Uh, And thank you so much for for coming on the show today. This has been awesome. You're welcome here literally anytime, (laughs) like seriously. And uh, for all you guys watching, make sure you like this video. If you have not yet hit the subscribe button, if you have not yet, I appreciate all the love. And uh, thank you once again, Adrian, for for coming on the show today. And uh, ha- have a good rest of your like NFL season. And uh, best of luck in your career, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. Shout out to 49 Carrots. And shout out to Steph for having me on. I appreciate you, Faithful. And y'all have a good one. Have a, have a happy new year. Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your evening. Peace.